Hello, this is Jenny Lesko here with Rental Magazine and ForConstructionPros.com. I am here with Tony Grote, IPAF North America Manager, and today we are talking about new ANSI standards which go into effect this December for mobile elevating work platforms, and we're going to specifically focus on the subject of training. Uh, Tony, what what's exactly happening with the new standards and its relationship to to training? Well, I'm uh, happy to to say that our industry has officially developed a training standard, whereas in the past we used to have a training requirement within the aerial standards in in the past. Uh, And now we have a very specific standard uh, that defines the requirements for the application, inspection, training, maintenance, repair, safe operation of, of the mobile elevated work platform. So, you know, when you're when you're looking at uh, that change, uh, that training that takes place is going to be much more thorough uh, and, and 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 ironically standardized. So that you know we, we shouldn't have people out there saying, I'm training to be compliant with the standard and one person doing it in 20 minutes and one person doing it in two hours and one person doing it in, in, in a day. Uh, how can you be delivering standardized training with those variables? And the uh, requirements are, are well-defined within the standard now to try to bring about that standardization of, of uh, what compliant training to the standard is. Okay. So I think when most people hear training, they're thinking about the operator. And obviously that is of primary importance. But that it's not that simple, is it? There's there's more to what's going on um with the new standards. Can you um can you go into who needs the training and exactly what kind of training they need? Well, you're 100% correct that the, the, the focus, if there is one, uh, it's always been on operator training. So the guy who's going to get on the, on, on the controls and make that machine move. And, 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 and that is a, a, a major focus and continues to be one. Uh, and if I were to, you know, to add, you know, we, we changed from four product specific standards to three standards which are task specific and and the two that are, are, are paramount in this conversation uh, is we have a new safe use and training standard and the training standard really is about training all of the things that you need to do that are defined in the safe use standard so uh, you know those two are, are kind of married hand in hand and while the operator training is important you know we, we have a comma to that which is, is new and that is is the requirement for a operator to provide occupant knowledge. And that is not training in the classic sense of, 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 of operator training, but it's, it's the information that an operator must provide to anybody who's going to get in the platform with them on how to be safe uh, in, in their task of being an occupant within that platform. So what's the safe working load and uh, not climbing on the guardrails, all, all the things that you would think about. Uh, and then in, in, in a very dramatic change, uh, there is a requ- new requirement for supervisory training. And, uh, and, and while I say it's a dramatic change, uh, in theory, I'd go over and say that everyone who was, who was following our prior standards need to be a qualified person. So at some level, 
the people who are overseeing and managing the operators should have been qualified and should have at some level had some type of training. Uh, there now is a very specific requirement for supervisory training. And, uh, you know, with, within the scope of, of, of that, the, the new terminology for a, a supervisor is defined as a person who is assigned by the user or the employer to monitor the operator's performance and supervise the work. So it's a very, you know, narrow scope of, of, of who the supervisor is in that definition. And within the scope of that, they basically need to be aware of all of the safe use practices defined in the safe use standard. So it really is teaching them about what are the things that, that need to happen to be safe in the operation of it. And, and it, you know, there are, there are elements that are in the, the new standard that, that says that the, uh, you know, user, the employer, must assign someone to monitor, supervise, and evaluate those operators on an ongoing basis. And that must be documented. You know, so so it, it kind of ties really well in, in a very systemic way of, you know, this has to be done, and, and now who has to do it, and what are their qualifications? And the standards are now providing, you know, more detail than just the operator needed to be trained. And, okay. and, and and in the scope of the operator training, you know, the uh, standard itself as a training standard has a lot of information that's in there that is uh, a building block of, all right, I need to train. Well, what, what does that mean? What, what does that training uh, include? Uh, so, so we end up having... Uh, Responsibilities uh, of you know of the manufacturer of, of the rental company of the user in, in terms of who's responsible for what in, in terms of, of, of the training itself, and then when it comes down to the training and, and, and the delivery of it, we now have the definition for the training content, and we have two primary components of training uh, for an operator the, what we call theory or classroom training, uh, and and that training now has an option within there that says classroom or online. So now we've opened into the to, to technology and making sure that that can be uh, adequately applied uh, in the delivery of training. So that theory training uh, can be done by instructor-led uh, or online to deliver that theory training. And when they complete that, they must also do a, perform a practical evaluation called hands-on training. And, and that has information in there about, well, what is, what is it, uh, how do I do that practical? The prior standards say that each, op, each training shall operate it for a sufficient period of time to demonstrate proficiency in the actual operation of the equipment. That's what the prior standard said. Now we have a full section on what, how, how is that going to be measured? What is that, the information that uh, will standardize that practical evaluation? Uh, and, and that's defined in there. And as I said, we just added in a new responsibility for the operators to provide occupant knowledge. Uh, so that's an added element. So if you think about it, that anyone who is trained in the prior standards will not be compliant, even though they were prior trained as an operator, until they are trained to the requirements of the new standard. Because one of the elements that is obviously going to be missing is the, uh, the ability to provide occupant knowledge. 
So when these go into effect, every operator in the U.S. who is responsibly compliant with these standards would be non-compliant if they aren't trained to these new standards. So what can they do? So are you? Let's say that that you're somebody who was trained last year and you think you're up to speed. Now all of a sudden, everything's changed. Do you do you run to your nearest training center and say, "I need to get I need to get retrained," or is there like a a grace period, or um, what do people need to do? Well, the grace period was the period of time between when these standards were first published in December of 2018 to when they go into effect December of 2000, excuse me, yeah, 2019. Uh, and uh, so you had one year to become familiar with them and implement the requirements of the standards. So from December of last year to December of 2019, everyone should have been out there getting their people trained. But you ask a, a, a very specific question, and it's about retraining. So someone who's already been trained, what do they have to do? Do they have to go through this complete training course again? And the, the answer is, well, that's one way of doing it, depending on how long it's been since they've been trained. Uh, but the other one is, is that uh, uh, it, it is that we're, we're looking at, uh, you know, what does that mean? What is, what is the difference between training and retraining? And retraining uh, is now defined within the standards. So, uh, I, and, and again, I'm, I'm very um, reliant upon re- reference to the standards because th- that that is, you know, what, what everyone should be thinking about and compliant with. Is retraining is the required instructions based on the user's observations and evaluations to maintain a previously trained person status as a qualified operator. So if they've already been trained and there's elements that's missing and you can identify, all right, here's what the old standards were and here's what the new standards were and here's the difference between the two of them, a person who's been trained prior can be retrained by adding those elements. So occupant knowledge being, you know, the obvious variation. So retraining can be implemented in, in, in that regard. But in in the broader scope of it, uh, that fact that we're talking about retraining, retraining was defined in the past very succinctly as retraining was required based on the user's observations and evaluation of, of the operator, period. So, you know, someone may have been trained once before and may have never been trained again because they said, well, I've, I've trained them. And, uh, and now uh, retraining uh, has some very specific language so that the user shall designate a qualified person, and that may or may not be the supervisor. I, I would think that it would be because they're out there monitoring them. But it's, it's the qualified person to monitor, supervise, and here's the important part, and evaluate the operator on a regular basis to ensure their proficiency. And that evaluation shall be accomplished through visual observation at a minimum, uh, and it must be documented. However, there are examples of situations in the standard where retraining would be necessary, and that includes the expiration of the valid training period. So if you were trained by IPATH, we have a five-year term on our uh, training license that we, we provide to an operator. It, a, a lot of times, most people are out there and there's a three-year term. So at the end of three years, they need to be retrained. Uh, 
But there are other elements that are in there as well, which is deterioration of an op- of operator's performance. So, again, if you're going to go through on a regular basis, they need to be evaluated uh, by uh, the user. Deterioration performance would be an example. Uh, the operator's uh, extended period of time without operating uh, a mobile elevated work platform. So if you go over there and, and we trained you and, you know, and it's been three years since you've been on a piece of equipment, just because you were trained three years ago, do you think that you're going to be able to be qualified? And, and I would say there's an, an, an opportunity uh, for retraining. Uh, the operator's introduction to significantly newer, different uh Technology. So, again, think about right now. We, I, I, you know, we we have the, a new design standard, and and specifically one of the main changes that that you're going to hear about in the industry is they're going to have platform load sensing on it. And that platform load sensing means that if you overload that platform, it is not going to operate the way they did. Alarms are going to go off. So, in theory, if you overloaded it when it's at the ground level. Uh, it, alarm's going to go off, it won't elevate, and you're going to have to unload it, take the overload off, which you should have never done before, uh, and uh, before the machine will allow you to elevate. Uh, if you're elevated and you're taking down an air-conditioned unit, as an example, and that overloads it, uh, how do I get that overload back? Am I going to go reinstall that air-conditioned unit? Of course not. So uh, there is a provision in the design standard that allows you to operate it under under very controlled uh, um, motion. So it's not going to let you drive or, you know, uh, or, or, or do all the, the typical functionality, but allow you to lower it to get the offload uh, on there. That is, is part of the requirements that said, well, that's probably a good place that someone needs to be retrained. So they may be, need to be retrained on a very specific area. Uh, or the operator's been involved with an accident or a near miss. So, so everyone's been trained, and we end up having an accident that occurred on one of our job sites. And let's say you know, one, one of the uh, unfortunate uh, uh, incidents that occurs is electrocutions, where someone got too close to uh, an electrical uh, power line and, and end up having yeah, a near miss or, or, or a, a, uh, an accident. Well, that would be an opportunity to go over and say, I need to retrain my, my team on that aspect. So it's not training again; it's retraining on the on, on the information that is required to bring them up to being qualified. So those, you know, I'm giving you examples of, of some of the new language in that. It really expands the uh, thoughts about what you should have been doing uh, and maybe not been been doing. But you know, but we're putting it out there now so that you know here it is, and uh, everyone should be doing this the same way. Okay. So um, let's talk a little bit about what kinds of courses there are to meet these requirements. Uh, you mentioned uh, iPads e-learning, um, which is a, a phenomenal advancement for anyone who needs to get this training because they don't need to you know take three days off of work to travel somewhere and 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 sit in a classroom. They can do it at home at any time um, that they want. Can you kind of explain a little bit? I, I kind of summarized it just here, but but what can you tell us about the e-learning uh, program and how do people get access to it? And does that apply to the supervisor course that I believe is new? Um, tell us about that. 
Well, the, the answer is that iPath has uh, a training program that we oversee, and, and, and I use the word program as opposed to a, a course. So, we, you know, we don't have a course that, here, take our course and, and run with it. We have a program that iPath administers and oversees to ensure people are compliant with the delivery of the training courses. And so someone could come to iPath to become a training center uh, to be able to deliver this course, or they could approach one of, of iPath's members who, who is a training center who can deliver both operator training and or supervisor training. And in relationship to the online element, with operators, as, as I stated, uh, you had the theory portion that someone can take online 24-7 at their own pace, at their own convenience. And typically, they're, they're allowed from the time that the link is issued about uh, four to six weeks period of time to complete that. And after they complete it, they need to contact the training facility to arrange doing their hands-on practical evaluation. So you need to have both of those with the operated training. Uh, similar, but different, is the requirement for uh, a supervisor training course, and that can be done 100% uh, online because they, they they don't have to get on the equipment and learn how to use that equipment. Uh, so it, it it is one where they can take that online again, 24/7, wherever they have internet access on on, on their laptop, uh, and uh, they uh, do not have to get on equipment, so they don't have to arrange going to the training center. They, they're tested at the end of it, and uh, and when they're completed with that, uh, they get a certificate of completion. So uh, that uh, those two are, are, are viable options, and, uh, you know, and, and again, as you know, uh, Supervisors could be all over the place working, you know, you know, trying to get them together or where, where, where the training can take place is a challenge. So having the availability of an online course uh, is, is something that we think is a, is a great asset to getting those people trained. And, and again, with the e-learning, it's done at their own pace, at their own schedule. They can take modules at a time, stop and continue or start to finish. Uh, it, it, it's really up to them. And, uh, and even with the supervisor course, it, they still have the option of instructor-led for both the operator theory and the supervisor training. So those options are still available uh, uh, either way. So it's just a, a, a function of using the technology as opposed to uh, saying that's the only option. Okay. So how would somebody get more information on um, everything that you just talked about from the the standard, the training standard itself and what it means to how to go about getting training? Where can they go for that information? Well, our, our IPATH website is, is a great uh, source of information, www.ipath.org, O-R-G. Uh, and we have a lot of information. So if you want to look at the uh, standards, you can go to our website, uh, do a web search for ANSI standards, and it will take you to information specific to this. We have a white paper that talks about how the they will impact a user of the equipment, from the design standard on, on things like load sensing uh, to uh, the safety standard, uh, performing risk assessments, uh, doing a um, 
rescue plan and all the other requirements and, and all the things that we just talked about on training. So that's there. If they wanted to uh, uh, talk about training itself, uh, you, we have a, a section that you can identify training centers and you could try to arrange to do training. And if you want to become a training center, there's information there and ultimately uh, people can contact me directly. Uh, I, I'm, I'm here as a technical expert uh, for our, our members. If someone uh, was looking for information, they could uh, email me, Tony Grote, Tony, T-O-N-Y, dot Grote, G-R-O-A-T, at ipath.org, and, and we can help you uh, find the information that you're looking for if we don't have it ourselves. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. Well, um, I think that's that's a, a lot of great information, Tony, and thank you so much for illuminating that important um, information for our audience, and uh, we'll, we'll catch you on the next time. Thanks. Thank you, Jenny.